How are we doing tonight? Everybody make it through Valentine's Day okay? No? Anybody get a great gift? No? Okay. Anybody get a... Whoa. Anybody get a really bad gift? I've been through a lot of Valentine's Days, um, more than I probably, and even though the salesman told me she would love this, uh, a vacuum cleaner is not a good Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> Just doesn't work out too well. I think I ended up doing most of the vacuuming uh, for a while. Relationships can be really easy or hard, and it, we've, I've been married for a few years, and I, I noticed that there's the gifts come and go, but there's so, there has to be something else that kind of holds a relationship together, um, and something that is bigger than either one of us that uh, does that, and I want to talk tonight just a little bit about this idea of, of unity uh, in the midst of community. Uh, and we're going to do that by looking at uh, Psalms, uh, Psalm 133. And so if uh, that's up here on the screen, why don't you, would you please stand with me and uh, we'll uh, read this, I'll, I'll read this psalm for us. Uh, it's a very short psalm. Uh, it says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You be seated. Thank you. This is a really short psalm, and we're just going to spend a few minutes together tonight looking at this psalm about unity. Uh, it's, it's a, this is a, in a group of psalm, psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. Uh, and we think this one, this one was written by David probably when he was inaugurated as king. It was a brief time when all the tribes in Israel were kind of in unity. Uh, they loved David. They wanted him to be king, and they thought he would bring peace and, and unity to that, that community of Israel. And so that's probably why he wrote this psalm. This psalm is actually a, a psalm that is sung, uh, and peop the people of Israel, as they would come to Jerusalem for feast days, would actually sing this psalm as they were walking into the city. That's why it's called a psalm of ascent. As we would walk up to Jerusalem, they would sing this song in uh, community. It's interesting, this first verse, it says, it says, uh, Behold how good and pleasant is, uh, it is when brothers walk in unity. And the only time those two words of good and pleasant are used together in Scripture is with this time of singing. Every time we see these two words, it has always, it's always connected with singing. Now, there's something unique about singing that gets us together and unites us. And I want to just take a minute tonight to play a song for you. And so uh, this is a song that you may or may not be familiar with, but I'd just like to play a, a short clip of this song and just uh, follow along with the words as we listen to the song. 
In open fields of wildflowers She breathes the air and flies away She thanks to Jesus for the daisies and the roses No simple language Someday she'll understand The meaning of it all Means more than the laughter For the stars in the heaven As close as a heartbeat A song of her lips Someday she'll trust him and learn how to see him. Someday he'll call her and she will come running, fall in his arms. The tears will fall down and she'll pray. I want to fall in love with you. I want to fall in love with you. I want to You may, may or never have heard that song before. It's actually written by my son. <laughs> so he used to be a member of Jars of Clay, and uh, so uh, Bev and I were, were really thrilled when he, when he wrote that song. And uh, if you've ever heard it before, uh, Christian Mingo ripped it off uh, as a, a dating thing, so uh, really ripped it off. So uh, uh, anyway... What I wanted to kind of illustrate from that song is for a few mo moments, we were all watching the words, singing the music, or listening to the music, and we will remember that. Uh, and there's something about music that unites us. For that, I don't care where we've come from, from a diverse cultures, uh, ethnicities, understandings, uh, understandings of who God is. In music, we are brought together for that brief moment of, of unity. And that's what happened when these Israelites were walking towards the temple as they were, uh, they had come from all over the country and they were united for those moments of just singing together. And that's why we're going to do that some more later on tonight, just singing together and celebrating the Lord. But this song goes on and he's introduced this idea of unity, but he hasn't really said what is it that unifies us? 
And he gives two what seem to be very different ideas about where unity comes from. Uh, I just want to give, uh, I, had, I wrote this down as I think is a pretty good definition of what unity is. It says it's a way of combining the parts so that they seem to belong together. It's a way of combining the parts so that they seem to belong together. And so David is trying to illustrate that idea. And so he comes to the second verse and he says, and he actually gives us two analogies or two similes here about what it's like, what, what, what is it that unifies us. And so in verse two, he says, he said, it's like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of the head of Aaron, running down on his collar, down onto his robes. Now that may seem like a pretty obscure thing about unity. So Aaron was Moses' brother, and he was the high priest of Israel. And so Aaron occupied this, this position of leadership and this position of uh, uh, of taking the people and uh, to atone for their sins. And so this picture is of his anointing, his, this ceremonial anointing that uh, was done for him as he was commissioned as the high priest. And this isn't just any oil. This oil was oil that was mixed with cinnamon and myrrh and a couple other herbs and spices, not to cook chicken, but to uh, anoint him uh, with this. And this was very costly and precious oil. It was very expensive, and it took a long time to make it, and it smelled great. And so it was the idea of they poured this on his head, it dripped down through his beard onto his collar, and as he was dressed as the high priest, it dripped onto his vestments, and on his vestments were the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. It was the idea that through this singular person, the, the nation would be united together. And what would happen is annually the high priest would go into the holiest place uh, that Israel had, into the tabernacle or temple, into this holy of holies. And as he did that, he would carry with, it, with him the sacrifices, the blood sacrifice that it made for the atonement of the sins of the people. And so on the singular day, this one high priest was responsible for unifying the people so that they could come and be forgiven and covered for their sins. And it's interesting, as David talks about this, I think he was foreshadowing or looking ahead or understanding uh, what the author of Hebrews would say much later. In Hebrews chapter 9, it talks about a better high priest who was going to come. And this better high priest would be better than Aaron. And he would enter into the holiest place in heaven and we offer the sacrifice of himself. Not only was Jesus the high priest, but he was also the offering and the sacrifice. And it said that he would do that, that that sacrifice would be sufficient forever. And so that's, that, as that high priest drew the nation together, so does Jesus Christ draw us together as Christians. In a time in our culture when there's so much division, so much strife, not even in our nation, but even in our churches, uh, even in our Christian culture, we argue about a ton of stuff. And I think it's time that we looked back and saw that there was a, there's a unifying principle 
a unifying person that brings us all together, and that's Jesus Christ. The last verse brings up another analogy. The first one was kind of historical, looking back and understanding how Aaron stood as a unifying principle that makes all these different parts come together and have a purpose. The last one, it says, it talks about the dew of Hermon, which falls down on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing of life forevermore. So geographically, Mount Hermon stood at the northern end of Israel. It's this 9,000-foot mountain that's snow-covered uh, most of the year. And on top of that mountain, it, they, there's 60 inches of precipitation every year. And if you were to go to just on top of the mountain, if you camped out up there, up there overnight, you would be so covered with dew, you would just be wringing wet. And so all of this, all this moisture and all this dew runs down that mountain, and it, it's the headwaters of the Jordan River. And as that Jordan River runs through the country, it ends up in the hills of Zion down by Jerusalem. And so what he's illustrating here is there's another, there's a unifying principle, and that is from Mount Hermon comes all of the moisture and nourishment for the whole country. And the idea is that, uh, that there is uh, life and there is unity. Everyone feeds and grows from that same source of water. It's interesting in the Old Testament that over and over again, God has told his people in the Old Testament that he would be that living water. Let me just read a verse to you from uh, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah says this. He says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have, and have hewed out cisterns for themselves, uh, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. If you're familiar with the New Testament, Jesus comes along and does that same thing. When he meets the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman, he offers her living water that from which she would live forever. Even when we end up reading the last verses of the Bible, it says this. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let us... And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life and live. And so David has illustrated for us the idea that there is a common principle, a common person that draws us all together. It gives us purpose. It gives us unity in the midst of community. And that's Jesus Christ. And so I would just encourage you tonight, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you get one. And I want to just say this as well, that one of the things that we do here at Sterling College is try to build that community. And we build that community around that central figure of Jesus Christ. We're not here to convince you to be a certain way doctrinally, but we're here to draw you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's some of the, that's just what we're very centrally uh, organized about. So I just want to encourage you uh, to seek him and find that unity that only comes from him. Uh, may the Lord bless uh, his word. Thank you.